You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today isn't your typical episode, and Shane Egan, our guest, he's not your typical runner. In fact, running's not his main sport. He has plenty of other sports, though. But this weekend, he set himself a challenge which includes running. It's quite a marathon challenge, and you can hear about it in this episode. The reason that he has set himself quite a massive challenge is he wants to raise much needed funds for the Bears of Hope, and create more awareness for pregnancy and infant loss, because it's been experienced by himself and some of his friends in recent years. So enjoy and support Shane in any way you can. Today on Fit Mind, Fit Body, I have a new guest who is Shane Egan. Welcome, Shane. G'day. Thanks for having me. Now, Shane came to my attention, uh, one of my children pointed out uh, what Shane's up to at the end of the week, which we'll get into shortly, uh, and said he would be a great person to talk to on the podcast. And then, of course, like Tasmania always happens, um, not that I always talk to Tasmanians, but digging around, I'm like, oh, I know Shane's mum. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of, it's going to be interesting for me to to talk with you as well, Shane, and find out a bit more about you and what you're up to. So let's start with, well, where did you grow up? Because I actually don't think you grew up in Tasmania. No, so we, um, I grew up in Adelaide till we were about seven. Okay. Mum and dad are both Irish, so they came out of Australia in the mid-80s. And then myself. <laughs> Sorry, the, the way you said that, I thought you were going to say the potato famine, which was, I don't know, what was that, the early 19 or late yeah, 1800s? I'm like, I don't think they're that old. <laughs> no, no, not that quite, not quite that old. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Then they, so they were based in Adelaide and then they'd, I've got an older sister and a younger brother and then they, we were there till, yeah, like I said, I was about seven. So I think about 2000, 2001, okay. they decided to come down to Tassie and then I've been here ever since. So. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We went to New Zealand for a couple of years and about 2004, 2005. Okay. We came back to, to Lonnie, so yeah. yeah, been a bit of a whirlwind, but no, bit of a journey, yeah. Um, um, all right, so at school, what what did you think about sport? I know when we're at school, they kind of mm. make us do a bit of running, a bit of uh swimming, all that kind of stuff. What did you think about sport yeah. when you're at school? Oh, I love sport, I love I'll play any sport. I grew up playing cricket and footy, um, soccer, which I ended up. You know, really getting into. Yeah. Uh, my older sister played netball um, at quite a high level as well. My younger brother played footy and soccer um, and cricket as well, everything that I played basically. Um, and then when we met over in New Zealand, we got into rugby union. Um, wow. Yeah, that was the big sport over there. So we've kind of grown up, and mum and dad were very athletic growing up. So we've just always, um, you know, played sport, played basketball, hockey, anything yeah. was there. So I think we were very lucky 
um, to have parents that were athletic minded. Mm. Uh, and so there was never any question for us if you would play sport, it was just, you know, how many could you fit in? Yeah. Uh, you know, we grew up kind of training four nights a week, you know, whatever sport we were playing. So we we're very lucky like that. And I think um, just that kind of mindset where it's like, even now, I play soccer um, in the winter and then in the summer it's either touch footy or cricket. So I don't really like to not be doing anything um, because that, that moving sort of thing. Yeah, like I need to be moving or playing sport. And I mean, like we spoke before the podcast started, that a lot of it's mental as well for me because you can't, yeah, I think if I ever stop playing sport, then there'll be something, that outlet, I think that you miss out on. Um, So, yeah, I guess, you know, uh, getting back to your question, at school, it was number one, you know. I went to some Pats and it was pretty much how many sporting, you know, um, subjects could I fit in. So in grade 11, 12, I think I did sports science, health studies, sport, (laughs) uh, athlete development. So it was pretty much... Yeah, as many as many activities as I could get in there. But, um, That's amazing. Yeah. Well, do you think, like thinking about it, was it what element of, like, because a lot of those things you just talked about were team sports as well. Yeah. So what part of it do you think it was, you know, get it, being in a team and being surrounded by people and the support that that provides that also encouraged you to want to do sports? Yeah, yeah well, I think... Um, I've always enjoyed being around people. I'm a bit of a people person, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I like to have a laugh and a joke, but I also like a lot of the serious side of it, um, starting to grow up and get into, you know, senior teams and state league games and that, that um, there's that element where you got to dig in for each other, you know, and doing a lot of things. And the same in life, I think people, you'll do a lot more for other people than you will for yourself. Mm. I mean, not everyone, but that's just how, you know, if I have to do something for a mate or for family, you just get up and do it. Whereas yourself, sometimes you think, oh, do I want to get up and actually do this? Uh, Not really. But um, so that that element. And then I like to, I think playing in in senior teams is, I liked when I was growing up, you know, I was 16, 17, I was playing with men. So that kind of element where you feel like, um, I guess, you know, you're one of the big boys mm. and now it's the other way. I'm nearly 30 and I'm playing with 16, 17-year-olds. So it's, I guess, um, being able to talk to people that are all different ages. Um, mm. And, yeah, I don't know, I guess just being around people. Um, yeah. And, you know, in things like pre-season and that when you are doing a lot of running, uh, it's always easier, I've found, with other people there as well. Yeah. Um, to kind yeah. of push you along and um, just get the best out of yourself. So, yeah. can you can you remember running at school? Uh, yeah, I can. We uh, I wasn't I never really loved cross country, mm-hmm. but I didn't mind kind of you know two hundred four hundreds because yeah. I wasn't lightning, but I could kind of you know hold a gallop. But yeah, uh, yeah anything. I did like, and St. Pat's being the school that it is, you know, it's massive in the sport. Mm. We had a lot of players, blokes that I, you know, and ladies that I went to school with that, you know, are now, you know, either became professional athletes or, yeah. you know, 
very high level athletes. So it was a good sport. It was a good school to be at if you're in sport. sport. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I was very lucky that, you know, while I was there when, you know, it was kind of changing to becoming almost not a student athlete kind of school, but it's getting pretty close now, I think, talking to some of the young fellas that still go there. Um, I know um, just on that, I, I have a, like a, one of my kids is 20 and he, um, he went to school with one of Tasmania's best runners now. But at the time, you know, as he was coming up through primary school, my son was quite a good runner. <laughs> then he said, but I can never win a race now. because, yeah. And and it's proved to be true. Like he, you know, the, this, uh, this bloke is uh, Sam Clifford is actually, you know, one of Tazzy's best runners <laughs> at that age group. So it was like, well, you're lucked out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's funny. You never know. Like it seems to always happen where there might be a couple of years where there's not great athletes and they just come through in a bunch, you know. Yeah. So. Building is always a one just better, but just uh, better. <laughs> Actually, had that same Tazzy too. Cool. Seems to be a lot of um, there's a lot of good talent down here. Mm. You know, like it's not. I think if you look at you know say a uh, per capita or whatever, we seem to punch a bit above our weight, especially mm-hmm. with runners too. You know, um, so I know James Hansen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jake Burr whistle. Yep. You know, so they're all, I mean, you know, obviously very good at what they do and enjoy it. So must exactly. be there, I think. Totally. And yeah. I, I grew up on King Island, so now we can oh, claim what's yes. his face as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the young Olympian. Yeah. <laughs> Just forgotten his name. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, so when you left school, what did you do? When you left St. Pat's, what did you um, do? so basically I just mucked around in grade 11 and 12 and um, sport. <laughs> sport pretty well. And I was, I was planning on going to uni and becoming a sports teacher because why not? Um, but then I ended up not really getting, doing any pre-tertiaries or getting the mm-hmm. points that I needed. And to be honest, by the end of grade 12, I knew I wasn't going to be sitting in a university class. Like, yeah. I, just, uh, I need to be doing something. Um, so the day after I finished, I started working for my dad, who had a cleaning and gardening company. Oh, nice. Uh, so we start work at about five in the morning and work till maybe two or three. Um, it was six days a week. So um, that was an eye-opener because he basically said, well, you'll be working and um, – is this what you want to do with the rest of your life? Probably not. So get out there and uh, do, you know, find something you want to do. So yeah. I ended up getting an electrical apprenticeship. Oh, wow. So I was working for dad in the morning, then going to TAFE and doing my pre-voc studying, then going back to work for dad for about six months until I could get an electrical apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, and so, and now I actually have my own electrical business. So it's <laughs> That's awesome. Paid off, but um, it was a good lesson from dad that uh, um, you've got to be doing something. I think, yeah. you know, and more, mum and dad are very hard workers, and so doing nothing wasn't an option. Um, but he just, they were just making sure, or dad, you know, especially made sure that I found what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and by putting me in a situation where I was working five o'clock in the morning, you know, six days a week yeah. and at night time, it kind of made you realise, well, this isn't for me. What do I want to do? Because, mm. you know, there are bills to pay and things to do. And mm. uh, 
So yeah, I, I ended up getting an apprenticeship with a fella who was involved at the soccer club. Mm-hmm. And um, then yeah, I've gone on, worked for a couple of different companies and been working for myself for a bit over a year now. And then just put on an apprentice who's actually involved at the soccer club as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's strange how things go around like that. Well, that's, that probably goes to another just real practical element. You know, it, when you, uh, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport, I think you create uh, networks and those networks, you don't even realize at the time, but they're there for you when you need them later. Like, as you said, yeah. for apprenticeships, and now you've offered someone else one. And it's, but it's all kind of revolved around those connections you've made in your sort yeah. of sporting endeavors. It's Is funny. It I think you're right. Like the, um, just the community that you mm. get. And, there's also a lot of people like I do some work with other electricians that were involved with the club 40 years ago, you know, but you always have that kind of thing you can tie back to. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's interesting how it all, all plays out. But, yeah. So, so you, um, you obviously kept doing the, the team sports. Um, well, you have, you haven't stopped as, as you yeah. said before. Um, so even how you fit all of that in, with you know now running a business at the moment how do you do that well it's challenging yeah but um i don't know i think it's just well my wife is very organized um yeah she keeps me you know this is one of the times that i need to do and what you know what things we have on and um yeah very lucky that we have quite a um we have a quite a good routine. So like, say for instance, on a Friday we'll do a, or a Thursday night, we always do our grocery shop for the next week, like our list. So we've got all our dinners planned out, all our lunches, you know, we get it all. Then Sunday we'll do whatever we need to do for that week as far as cooking the lunches and wow. And then of a night time, you know, we know our Monday night is, it might be jacket potatoes or whatever it is, yeah. but it's it's laid out you know there's no oh what are we gonna have for dinner tonight yeah. or a supermarket um, so things like that help which you know oh, i love that i love your wife i've had five children and that's yeah. how i survived yeah. <laughs> is by plant doing meal planning and all that kind of stuff we wouldn't have survived without it i don't think yeah, so i'm very lucky because if it was just me there's no way i'd be doing that kind <laughs> of stuff but now you know i've kind of grown to like it you know i feel like it's definitely necessary in what you know how busy we are and you know trying mm. to run a business and get to trainings and then obviously do this extra training um for the for the weekend um and yeah i think you got to be organized and the thing is also with being so organized you can almost you almost afford that little time where you can be unorganized if that kind of makes sense i, so have, I-, I have heard it put i know what you're trying to say and that is that when you it creates more freedom actually in your life. When you have that organization, it gives you more freedom. It sounds like it should be the opposite, but actually it's not. <laughs> it gives you more freedom. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly the way to put it because, yeah, it does. You can have those little things where, like, for instance, Sonny, we've got a little boy now and he's uh, 16 weeks old. Um, so that's yeah, throwing that in there as well has been another challenge. But... Um, yeah, just being organised as we were, it's kind of, that's definitely helped with, you know, uh, him. And, I mean, he's a good sleeper, so we've been lucky, I think, that um, 
kind of got him into a good routine. Everything else now kind of gels around that. So he came out well planned. Like, yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well structured. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's obviously uh, skipping forward. You have um, done all your electrical apprenticeship. Run. You now started your own business in there somewhere. You also got married, and um, I assume you ha- you have a house and a little baby and all that kind of stuff. Um, the reason that you came to my attention is that you're about to attempt a rather challenging physical endeavor at the at the end of the week. Do you want to tell us how how this kind of came about and and then what you're going to do at the end of the week? Yeah, so basically um, about two years ago now, would have been November 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister, my older sister who lives up in Newcastle, they she had a baby girl, Neve, who had um, spina bifida. Yeah. Um, they find, found it out halfway through the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then about, must have been maybe, say, week 34 or 35, at that stage, Neve was still going to be born um, and was possibly, you know, probably in a wheelchair um, or something like that. And then my dad actually does a lot of marathon rows for charity. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's, because he's Irish, well, he's Irish, and he's still got connections back home. There was a one for um, three young lads who have a um, disease, very rare disease that there isn't a cure for yet. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up, just jumping on that with him at about a I've rode for about 25 minutes on the Sunday. And then the week later I'd popped on for, you know, three and a half hours to do a marathon ride. Wow. Um, which was, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, so, so the marathon row, can you explain that to like, is yeah, that, are you in the water or you're on a machine? What is uh, so Yeah. Sorry. We're on a, we're in, we're in a machine. Yeah. Um, we're on a row, a rower concept yeah. I use. Um, so it's you know, 42.7 Ks um, on a rowing machine, which is wow. very tough. So tough. <laughs> so it took me just about well, three and a half hours on the dock. Uh, Dad beat me by about eight minutes. So oh, Dad. I need to get one back on him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and at the time, I mean, I'm very quite – I'm probably quite confident in my ability um, physically. I mean, I'm definitely not as fit as what I used to be, but I've still got that. I've done a lot of pre-season, so I can kind of dig down when I need to. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the hardest thing, like I said, I've ever done. And the thing that kept me going through that was thinking about Neve because yeah. at the time she was going to be in a wheelchair for her whole life. Um, and I kind of thought, who am I not to do something like this? Mm. You know, like we've got this amazing gift where we can run and jump and, you know, or sit on a rail for three and a half hours. Um, and she would more than likely never get to do that or experience that. Mm. And so that really kept me going. And it was, I mean, oh, there was a time there, probably about two hours in, where I was absolutely shot and I didn't know how I was going to finish it. Um, and I took two minutes and just kind of, you know, got myself together and then punched through it. And um, so that was, and knowing that I can go to those dark places, and like you said, we were talking about earlier, the mental side of it, 
um, when you get to that, you're not thinking about anything apart from I just need to get, you know, the next five minutes or just yeah. breathe while I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of clears all the rubbish out of your head, you know, what, oh, this TV show or this, I was going to buy this T-shirt. None of that matters, um, no, you know. So just kind of got down to the kind of doing it you know family we're obviously on a we've got a very tight family and so um it just helped to or definitely helped to push me through and then um neve ended up being stillborn well not stillborn but she was born early and i found yeah. other complications so she ended up passing away um and that was you know very tough um but now my sister and her partner steve have got a little baby boy dom okay. who almost a year old so um yeah uh, and obviously we've got a son as well now but um so that kind of put me on the road to um doing you know things like that like other rows and whatnot because like i said dad does a lot of them um and then very good friends of ours nathan and colette butler they around may 2020 mm -hmm. they um had a little baby Amelia who was perfectly healthy, but she was born still. She had the um, umbilical cord around, her neck. Um, and that was you know it's devastating because they're kind of salt of the earth people. You know, um, I played soccer with Nathan for years, and um, they're just you know absolute doing anything for you. Uh, Colette was a midwife, um, and now I believe she's um, in kind of cancer research area. Um, wow. But yeah, so they, that was, you know, that, and that was the first out of our group of friends, they were kind of the first ones to ever go through anything like that. Mm. Um, and so it was really hard to, I guess, understand it and then know how to, how do we act? You know, do we mm. talk to Nathan about it? You know, because um, Butsy's a very quiet, he's a bloke's bloke, you know, he doesn't say much at the best mm. of time. Um, so there was a couple of learnings there for our group. Um, you know how to act and whatnot and then I guess you start to think about it you know because when you're younger and can't you don't know how common it is um, mm. it happens and then you know a couple months later it happened to my sister so mm. um, yeah it was just a bit of an eye-opener and then the following year Brooke and I had a miscarriage mm -hmm. um, in February and so that was you know really it really hit home then you know how kind of common it is um, and so that, that was very painful. And I probably didn't deal with that in the best way to start off with because I actually ended up playing a game of soccer the next day, which I thought, you know, might be a good way to kind of clear my head, but really I probably shouldn't have played because, you know, it just wasn't, I wasn't thinking straight and whatnot, but it's one of those things you live and you learn. Um, mm -hmm. But very lucky again that Brooke, you know, is very, she was very, um, I guess, positive about the whole thing, um, so, which was good that um, we kind of, you know, just made our peace with it and got back, um, you know, to trying. And now, you know, luckily enough, we've got a little boy who's healthy, uh, fit as a fiddle. Um, yeah. Hopefully a few more to come, but um, wait and see. Wait and see on that one. But, it, it is so much more common. I think it's it's one of those, it's not taboo, but or maybe it is, I don't know, but it's it's one of those subjects in our society, just around death as well. 
but it even seems more cruel when, when it's a baby. And I think none of us know how to talk about it. Um, and I don't know that there's a right way to talk about it either. Um, yeah, I, uh, my mother had um, a set of twins and one of the twins died and it was the umbilical cord again, just because the first one came out. So it was similar to, to the way you described your friends. And um, my husband and I have had, had two miscarriages. Mind you, we've got five children now, but <laughs> we did have two miscarriages and it's heartbreaking and mm. devastating. Um, but as you said, it's not talked about. And back when we had ours, I don't think there was... Um, organizations like um the bears of hope that's what it's called isn't it yeah around um back uh for us in the very early 2000s so um yeah it's, pardon me it's uh it's amazing like my parents they had a miscarriage as well mm-hmm. um, so it's and then my grandparents had them so yeah, yeah it's, and like I said it's just not spoken about because I think people do find it an awkward conversation to have um and you kind of you know you, sometimes you don't really know how what to say or how to say it yeah that's kind of what we're especially Colette she's um she's actually made like a you know there's like the beyond blue balls and those kind of different fundraiser balls so the, she's made one of them up um for you know this kind of thing infant, infant loss and whatnot so um that's actually when's that three weeks away I think it is um, and that's in Launceston, so oh, awesome. yeah, it's going to be really good. And um, we can hear your baby. Good <laughs> <laughs> set of lungs there. Yeah, he does. <laughs> really, he's found them lately. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, but like they um, bears of hope. So when um. The first time I found out about it was when Butsy and Claire invited us to go on the walk. They do a Bears of Hope walk, Walk for Hope. Um, and so we walked walked with them on that. And then um, you kind of get to see what the charity does for these families. And they send them out packages and they have little, you know, whether it's a Zoom call like this for people or just support. Um, and then when Cara and Steve had Neve, it was the same kind of thing and you know she spoke very highly of them and the work that they do behind the scenes um and so yeah i don't know why i kind of decided to do this um uh, fundraiser but it just turned out that um well actually it was because colette decided to make this ball and i thought it wouldn't it be nice to have you know some kind of charity some check or something to donate to um you know the guys on the night mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so just one thing led to another and i thought well why not and um yeah i just decided that i was going to do six marathons in three days so, <laughs> <laughs> so explain exactly what it was, is going to look like what is this challenge when you say six marathons, explain yeah. what you're planning to do at the end of this week, Friday the 7th. Yeah, so basically um, on the Friday, I will be kicking off my marathon effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, so start with the marathon row. Um, so about 42.7 Ks on the rowing machine. 
Um, so that should take about three and a half to three hours, 45 maybe, depending. So you want to beat your dad, remember? Well, I want to beat him. And he's actually, <laughs> they're flying down from Newcastle. Um, and so is Cara and Stephen and Dom. Um, mm. So he will actually be rowing with me. Uh, so it'll be I good. Love it. Um, but I might take it a little, little bit easier because then after that, I'll probably get up, have about a 20 minute, half an hour break, maybe a bit of walking and uh, getting the body ready. And then I'll be running a marathon. So I've made a little course around Prospect and Blackstone, um, which is um, it's about seven Ks from my house to the soccer club, which we're involved in in Prospect. And then I've got about a 7K loop around Prospect and then I'll be coming back home from there. Um, like your water stop or your whatever you Yeah, basically. Stop. Yeah, so we get me, you know, Apple and whatever, I don't know, um, Powerade. So that's the Friday. So then I'll complete that. And I don't know, I'm not really, I'm not setting a time limit or anything like that on it. Um I've never run a marathon. You know, the furthest I've ever run is, well, in soccer games, we normally run about 11 or 12 Ks. Uh Um, But, uh, you know, the the furthest I've ran apart from that is, you know, 10 or 11 Ks. It was going to be a question of mine. (laughs) What's the furthest you've run? I've got a little bit to make up, but um, fairly confident Mm -hmm. that I'll be able to punch through it. Um, mm-hmm. If I have to walk a bit, so be it. Um, I'll get there in the end. That's all right. And then on the Saturday, I'll be riding back-to-back marathons. So, what, 85.4 Ks um, on the bike. I'm just hoping, yeah. So, you're going to ride um, for 85 kilometres? Is that that's the plan, which yeah. is your back-to-back marathons? And where where are you riding? Well, at the moment, I'm just going to start in Blackstone. It'll be similar to the run one, mm-hmm. except I'll just have a longer loop in Prospect. Um, okay. So I don't really want to be riding on the highways. Um, Especially as you get tired. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite interest me if I'm sore. Uh, I don't want to lose focus yeah. <laughs> to end up, you know, on the side of a truck. So No, we don't want that. Uh, we'll be Thank avoiding you. that. Um, so that'll be the Saturday. And yeah. then... And the Sunday, we'll wake up again and do another row on the marathon, uh, another marathon row. Yeah. And then finish off on the Sunday afternoon with another marathon run. Uh-huh. So, and the same courses, same course, I assume. Yeah, 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 yeah same yeah. course. So um, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be pretty much like that. Um, so I'm confident that I'll get it done, but I know it's going to be very tough and there's going to be a lot of dark places um, that I'll be going to mentally. Physically, it's going to hurt, but I think the mental side of it is going to be tougher. Um, mm. And I think, but also, g'day, mate. I see a little honey looking at me over here. So, yeah, but I think also the toughness, you know, kind of it doesn't um, doesn't equal what people go through when you have, you know, the loss of a child or yeah. miscarriage, but it's some kind of it, – it's almost on that level where, you know, it's um, 
you just got to deal with what's ahead of you. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, so you think that's what will keep you going, is thinking about those those things? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, you know, like last time, Neve was pretty much the only reason I finished that other row. Yeah. Um, and this time, you know, I've got her to think about, a little baby Amelia, and then also, you know, little Sunny. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think apart from, you know, that, that'll, yeah, that'll keep me going for sure. Um, <laughs> if I have to roll down the hill home, then to finish it, I will. But, um, yeah, it's going to be. Have you, you got your family and friends uh, going to be out there supporting you as well? I know you said your dad's going to do some of the rowing with you. Yeah, so dad is going to do the rows and maybe a little bit of the running. So that's the other reason why I've kind of made a little bit of a running loop is people can do, say, a 7K loop um, just to help out. So I think my brother's going to do a bit, my sister's going to do a bit, my wife's going to do a bit. Um, there'll be a few boys from the soccer club that I think will help out, do a bit of a run. Um, and a few of the boys are going to ride the bikes with me, so... Um, yeah, it's going to be, and that'll be good too. Because uh, obviously this, it's a long, it's, you know, it's, I think it's 230 something Ks all up. And there's going to be times where I'll probably need to go into the zone by myself. And there's definitely going to be times when I need people there, you know, <laughs> giving me a bit of a pump up, um, you know, and a bit of a, you know, you can do this. So, um, yeah, I think having the people there is definitely going to be good. And obviously having, yeah, my family down and around is going to be good too. So, yeah, that'll. I think the initial thing, uh, always at the start of these things, you have that energy because it's all you're full of endorphins, and it's like, oh. <laughs> and as you said, there'll be moments though where where it just feels just tough. Um, but it sounds like you have the right mental um, things going on to be and to focus on. That, as you said, um, you're doing it for others. You're not doing it for yourself. And I think that's a big element when it comes to being able to push ourselves past um, walls and whatever else we put up in front of us when we're doing these kind of things. I know I've talked to lots of people um, who've done ultra marathons and they they say um, things like, "Do it. they one thing they love about it in a way is one of the things that's worst about it as well. And that is that it breaks you down a bit. It's just another way to describe what you said before. It breaks you down a bit and then builds you up again. You know, you were saying that, you know, you got to a stage where you just didn't think about anything else much because it's that's all you could think about was, you know, the next little bit and getting through that. So I think um, that's sort of how you're approaching it as well. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I am. Um... I think that's the only way I'm going to be able to get through it, uh, to be honest, because um, it's going to be tough. Like I've never, I've never ran a marathon. Um, mm. I've never ridden. You know, I used to ride my bike around Prospect back in the day and jump off curbs, but I've never done any serious riding. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be interesting when I hit the wall. You know, the the wall. Um, how I react to that. I know I can push through it on the rower, um, but it's obviously it's going to be a whole other ball game having to back it up. But I'm pretty confident that uh, I'll be able to do it. Um, but like I said, if I have to walk the whole 
marathon on the Sunday, so be it. I'll, uh, I'll just get through it. So it's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I actually listened to a bit of you, David Goggins. Yeah, I've heard him. That's the old and whatnot. Uh, I read, I've read his book a few times and I listen to a lot of the stuff that he has to say. And uh, I like his attitude about things, you know. It's just get it done and you know, don't really yeah. care about what anyone else has to think. So, yeah, and, you know, how he talks about it's, you know, you versus you. And um, I think it's, you know, it's true. Like you were saying, it, kind of, it breaks you down. And I'm looking forward to that again because, you know, after the last time, couple of years ago it for the you know it just sets you it kind of sets you free a little bit of you just don't care about anything you know all the rubbish that goes on and things that you hear and all the you know material stuff and you can kind of you know after that I set a lot of goals and um was you know quite focused on what I was doing there for a couple of months you know until this other rubbish finally builds back in so uh, I'm looking forward to another clean out and uh, I love that kind of like a reset isn't it like with, with technology it's a bit like giving it a hard reset or something yeah, yeah it's exactly right unplug it plug it back in and yeah it goes so. i love it so what kind of training you kind of mentioned before that you have been doing a bit of training to get to friday what sort of training have you done yeah so basically the soccer season finished about a month ago now so while that was still going i was training two nights a week and then trying to get in we've got a obviously a rolling machine here and we've got an exercise bike as well yeah um so i was trying to do you know an exercise bike for 40 minutes or say first thing of the morning um and then you know go to work all day um be up and down ladders or you know crawling in roofs mm-hmm. so um it was tough to really kind of ramp up training until the season finished um, which was like I said about a month ago um, since then I've been trying to do you know like a longer run on a Sunday or a Saturday um, you know, around the 7 to 10k mark uh, and then just keep doing 40 45 minute rows um, and on the exercise bike when I'm sore um, so you know just at least the legs ticking along um, so yeah, the last week on yesterday, I went for a seven and a seven k run, um, and a little bit sore today, so I'll probably just do a bit of a cycle tonight, and then I don't know, I might do a little bit of a row tomorrow, and then probably just take it easy for the rest of the week. Yeah, you probably do need to. <laughs> yeah, until it all kicks off on Friday. So to I'll probably might be a little bit underdone in the running but I'm, honestly the the row i think is going to be the hardest thing because um, yeah. it's just it's so hard if you haven't used a rower um they just they work everything um yeah and it's yeah it's, it's it burns so um, it's a bit punishing i have used them in the gym <laughs> yeah so hopefully if i can get through that the running, like I said, I've been running since I was, I don't know, four years old or whatever, five yeah. years old. So I think I can punch through that. Just one foot in front of the other, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've done I've done enough pre-seasons now that, you know, I can go to those dark places and just keep running. And I watched uh, Run, Fat Boy Run a few times. So <laughs> That's pretty cool. I love that he, training. That's good. <laughs> yeah, if he can do it, then uh, you know, I'm sure I can get through it. Love it. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, 
I, I probably I will. And you know, actually, I've actually enjoyed the running because I used to hate running by myself when I was younger. Before you know, trying to get into senior teams or state teams, or do a bit of running around Blackstone. It's about a six and a half k loop, um, and I was quite hilly, but. Um, I never really enjoyed running by myself, um, but I think just doing the running, obviously I've had a reason to run, mm. but just the lately doing the running, I've actually enjoyed it a bit, mm. which I never thought I would because unless I'm chasing a ball or, you know, there's some kind of goal, I kind of never really liked it. But um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting how that happens. It might even turn you into a runner. Who knows? Like there might come a time where it's like, I can't do all this soccer or cricket or whatever for, you know, as much as I wanted to. And uh, I'm getting older, you know, when you're in your forties and fifties, I actually, in fact, on this podcast, I've spoken to heaps of people who didn't start till that, you know, where they were just regular runners, but they're in their fifties <laughs> or even older. So, you know, it's never say never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um, Yeah. I think I will maybe start to get into it a bit more. Um, because like I don't know who knows I might not play soccer next year or mm. I might play for another year or two more years I don't know but um, I definitely and the other thing with me is um, I eat I love food so, yeah yeah, you need a sport then <laughs> yeah, if I stop um, it won't be good so <laughs> I, I need to do something the running I think the running and the rowing I've enjoyed yeah. the rowing's hard you know if you're body, but I like the running too, especially running um, just outside, getting that yeah. fresh air and a bit of sun on the face. And um, yeah, so I never thought I would, but you know, who knows? I might start getting in and doing things like the Bernie 10. And what? Who knows? Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never actually done the Bernie 10. Well, it's yeah. not going anywhere, I don't think. So yeah, so I might have, <laughs> I might have an opportunity to do that. That'd be um, awesome. Yeah. One of the questions I often ask runners in the podcast is whether they, um, how long they think they'll run for, you know, in their lives. Yeah. Um, so how long do you think you'll not necessarily run for, but do some sort of sport? Forever. Yeah. That's it's what like I, that. say. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do, I wouldn't be able to not do anything. Mm. Uh, it's just, I don't know, I've grown up like that and I can't mm. change anytime soon. And then obviously with Sunny, you know, once he can kick a footy or kick a ball, yeah. I'll be out there with him and, you know, hopefully his siblings and um, a lot. I'm doing golf as well. So, you know, oh, awesome. it's, not, it's not that hard, but mentally it can be. I don't know. Uh, my dad says golf's really hard. <laughs> he plays golf. Yeah, it can be very hard. Some You can have some very hard days, but um, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll be doing something forever because it's just, how we've grown up and I love sport, you know, I could watch well any sport there is, you know, I like it. So, uh, so your parents have provided you a great example, which you're going on to provide your son with as well. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, we were very lucky uh, growing up. They made us, they didn't make us, yeah. but, you know, they basically gave us the opportunity to play any sport we wanted. And, um, you know, I'll do the same for Sonny and, you know, the rest of them. So, yeah, I think it's good too. Like it's good. I know we we're speaking before about you know in the teams and that, but my dad, you know, kind of coached and assistant coached me growing up, and then he coached my younger brother and my sister. My mum was involved with netball with my sister, and 
So it's a good way to, I guess, build relationships with your parents as well. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. You know, so, uh, you know, especially now we're older, you kind of, at the time, you might not think it's a great thing having your parents coach you. But, um, you know, now you look back and you think, oh, well, you know, it wasn't all that bad. And <laughs> I played basketball with my daughter yeah. <laughs> in the Baptist basketball league. It's quite funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah, It was good, actually. Me, me and my brother, we actually got to play a game, one game with dad. Um, it was his last game before he retired from the socials. So oh, wow. um, we got to play that. So that was pretty special. You know? That's um, awesome. There are sports out there that where you can do stuff with your parents. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, um, although dad's, he hasn't played for a while. He plays golf now a fair bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, so no, it's, it's, it's good. But yeah, I'll be doing something forever. Yeah. So. Do you think you're like really goal focused? Do you reckon there'll be more of these kind of charity type of things that you'll do like create yourself a challenge of some sort and that's one of the ways you'll keep moving as well yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. because like i was saying before like if i've got something like this booked in and it's for someone else mm -hmm. then i will do you know i'll, I'll get it done mm -hmm. if it was for me just saying oh i'm just going to start to run every week you know that might fade away not as motivating <laughs> oh it's a bit hot outside or it's a bit cold outside or <laughs> it's, <know>. raining. <laughs> yeah, it's raining or it's windy, which, you know, it always it does, is. Yeah, always. But, um, so, yeah, that's 100%. Um, I'll be doing more things like that. And I forgot to mention before, the reason why it's six marathons is because it's six stillbirths a day in Australia. Oh, wow. So Clint was putting up different facts and that when I was thinking about doing it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just jumped out at me and I thought, oh, well, I was trying to think, do I do a 60K run or do I do this or do that? And then, well, I don't know why, but the six pounds <laughs> sounded good. So, just um, popped into your head. Yeah, yeah. So, and we've actually also just gone past, well, nearly at $11,000. So, oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And my wife told me that you donated um, today. So, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, well, I'm going to put the link out and we'll see if we get some more people. Yeah. up on the wall as well so, donating and supporting you so the goal is twenty thousand dollars so yeah. um, we're over halfway now and there's a week to go we'll probably keep it for keep it open for yeah. another week after that it's um, a lot it's a bit like buying tickets for a concert most people don't buy it until the last minute yeah you know that's so you get yeah, most so of it we, will happen in the last minute on the on the weekend uh, my wife and definitely mum will um you know have different updates on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. So hopefully we'll get a few more as we go through that. But um, it's been amazing just, you know, you see how many people, a lot of, and my wife's got a lot of messages too from people that, you know, have, you know, have gone through this kind of thing. So, uh, well, it yeah. starts the conversation, like you said before, it's a, it's not just the fundraising, that's great. And, but that's just money and it'll go, but the awareness and those conversations are things that will last with people forever. Um, and help, like even if you just help one person to have had a yeah. conversation they may not have had otherwise, then it's amazing. Yeah, exactly right. And I think also um, for a lot of blokes, because like I said about you know, Nathan, it was um, it was hard for a really hard you know, to talk to him as far as knowing what to say. Yeah. Um, and so I think even if we can, you know, just get, I know there's a lot of things about blokes now, you know, chatting and um kind of just open yourself up but it is a hard thing especially when it gets to that kind of thing because 
I think you focus a lot on, you know, your partner and make sure that they're okay. Mm. And sometimes you can not think about yourself as much. Um, but doing something like this, you know, even if it gets blokes chatting or, you know, everyone chatting, but, you know, especially, you know, young men or older men or anything. And then if we can get them into doing things like this exercising where you go to those places and, mm. you know, it can break you down and maybe, you know, I mean, I cried at the end of the row that I did, I was bawling my eyes out. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, I finished that, thinking about Neve and that. And um, yeah. if you can get people like that, and I think you've got to get to that stage to deal with these kind of things. Because mm-hmm. um, if you don't get all the way down to it, you can kind of gloss over and say, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was painful, but it doesn't matter. We, you know, we'll move on. But I, when you go to these real dark places and mm. you don't think about anything apart from that, then um, I think it helps you deal with it. Um, Mm. Rather than that getting busy stuff that people tend to do when they don't want to think about something. Yeah, exactly right. You know, everyone's busy and Mm. you've always got something on or you can make an excuse or, you know, you don't have time to talk about things because, you know, you just knocked off from work or you got to go and do something else. Mm. Um, But, yeah, when you're doing these kind of things, there's no no rush to get anywhere apart from off the rower. (laughs) that's right or off the bike or to the end of the marathon when you're running oh that's mad (laughs) well i will put up the links for those um things also you were talking about um is it claire and the balls or there was something about before we might put something up about that too if you want yeah so um i think i don't know if they've sold all the tickets yet oh okay but colette butler is her name and I will find right now what it's called. The Pregnancy Loss Fundraiser and Awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there might be a few tickets left. It's on the 22nd of October and it's at the um, um, Cataract on Patterson. Is there a Facebook page or something like that yeah it will be probably find it (laughs) It definitely is but um it's on launceston tickets okay there definitely a facebook page here somewhere i know there is i'm going to it (laughs) um so i'm in the event uh where is it events that's i can um we can look it up you can send me the link and i'll I'll put it in the show notes um Uh, so normally on the, this podcast, I ask people at the end for some tips for, for beginner runners. So if someone came up to you and said, Shane, I want to start running. <laughs> what, would you, yeah. what tips would you give them? Well, I suppose it's just as relevant. You're a sporty bloke. What, if someone said to you, Shane, I want to start running, what would you tell them? You wouldn't just say don't. What would no. you tell them? I would say um, just do it. Just do it. I love it. I've heard that before somewhere. Yeah, hang on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess um, if there's something that, like a sport or something that helps you do it, then play that sport or, you know, that can be probably a good entryway into it. Um, yeah, I love that. Or just find something that you enjoy about it. Um, so whether it's, you know, I know a lot of people that I know like to run around the seaport in Launceston because okay. that's, you know, a pretty nice spot and, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, use it as an excuse to get a coffee or yeah. 
Um, you know, so things like that. I think that's the same with all exercising is people say, oh, I don't like it or it's too hard or whatever. Well, just find whatever you do like doing because there's no wrong exercise, you know, mm. basically. Um, you know, if you find something you enjoy doing, then do that because if you're, if you're doing, like, for instance, burpees, I hate burpees, you know, but just use that as an example. Like, if that was what you were doing, you were going to the gym and someone was making you do 20 burpees, well, of course, you're not going to want to go do it and then you're going to make excuses, you know, oh, it's yeah. too late, it's too cold. So just find whatever you like to do and then do that. And doing that will then open up other avenues. Like, if I hadn't have grown up playing sport, there's no way I'd be doing this, you no, know. Uh, so you, once you find that entryway, you know, whatever it is, if you like walking, you know, then that might lead into jogging or, you know, yeah. running. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd just say find what you enjoy doing uh, and do that. And then eventually it's going to lead to something else or, you know, you might get into shape enough where you can try something else. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share about what you're about to do or whatever before we wrap up? Um, not particularly. Just, um, I guess, thanks for having me on. Um, sure. I appreciate it, especially, you know, and like I said, if it helps anyone out, um, it's, that's all we're trying to do, all I'm trying to do. Um, so, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, it's good to, well, actually, do you have any tips <laughs> for me? <laughs> Oh, that's a that's well, a great question. Yeah. Um, probably what I said before, it is just one step in front of the other. And um, in order to be able to finish, don't be afraid to walk. And you already said that you were happy to walk. So to me, um, completing it is the important thing, not wrecking yourself. Like So the running element is about the only one I can actually give you some, any advice on, and that would be it. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, because I... Uh... I was thinking, um, yeah, not, and like I hear you saying about the walking. I think yeah. that at the start, I was probably too proud to say that I might actually walk some of it. But after, you know, becoming a bit more realistic, I realised, oh, yeah, that's definitely going to have to happen. So, um, yeah, I think I actually have spoken to some of Tasmania's best runners on the podcast and they talk about walking. So everybody talks about walking and <laughs> that walking is good especially if it means you can run a little bit more having a little bit of a break um even setting it up where i'm okay i'm going to run for five minutes especially on that last day going to run for five or ten minutes and then i'm going to walk for two minutes like giving yourself some kind of structure around it a bit like your meal planning so a little bit of a structure around it um because then it's kind of achievable and you can sort of tick it off rather than oh i feel too exhausted now i'm just going to walk and then you'll end up walking the whole thing and then you'll be disappointed with yourself maybe. Whereas if you set yourself a little structure like that, that's achievable and, you know, you know, okay, two minutes is up. I've got to run again now for five minutes or whatever you've set yourself. Yeah, yeah I think I'll definitely use that actually. That, mm. that does sound good. Yeah. Um, or some people go lampposts, <laughs> whatever. Well, oh, yeah, I do the, I do the um, power pole to... Yeah. You know, Corner to the power pole, but um, yep. the timing might work a bit better on the Sunday. Yeah, because because you're not going to have you know 
power poles exactly the same yeah. dis- you know, whatever anyway you'll work it out especially after you've been around a lap or two it'll be like oh okay i know to that driveway and that yeah. <laughs> or something you get to know what the hills yeah yeah no you'll love it oh and uh for me i when i'm not feeling motivated um either running on a new course always motivates me or a course I love, but um, listening to a podcast or an ebook or something I, or music or something I really wanted to listen to and haven't had a chance to. And those times when you don't have anyone with you, that can, that can help too. just helps get you through the, those times. Yeah. I bought, um, I actually bought one of the, um, like the arm wraparound. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I put my phone in there so I can, uh, I was running with that yesterday, actually. I don't like to run with headphones in. Um, yeah, I always just have one in. Yeah. I do. Just, just, I don't know. It's just a habit now, I guess. Yeah. Um, but what I'll just turn my phone right up. And, uh, <laughs> have your own beatbox. Yeah, I was listening to music yesterday, but I actually listen to Joe Rogan and his podcast every now and then. So oh, awesome. I might, uh, might tick one of them off, maybe. There you go. It depends what kind of, you know, or I might listen to, the, I might listen to one of your podcasts. So. We should listen to this podcast. You can listen to yourself. Yeah, that won't last long. I'll be turning that off pretty quick. We all hate listening to ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? All right. Well, I will let you go because you need to rest. (laughs) Don't hop off straight away. I will say goodbye to you after recording as well. Best of luck for Friday. I think it's amazing what you're doing. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing it. Um, so much really appreciate it most of us find it really hard getting out um <laughs> anyway but here you are getting out for other people as well and you know raising money and uh and just raising the you know what were we saying before so that other people will talk about it and it becomes more um a, not less of less of a taboo subject and i think i really appreciate it so thank you you're awesome thank you very much Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.